Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. I don't know about you, but today is Monday. It is 11.44 a.m. Hello, angel numbers that keep presenting themselves to me, but it feels like mercury retrograde. Like everything is going wrong. We're supposed to have a mattress delivered and the truck broke down and now they don't know when they're supposed to deliver it. And I need a good night's sleep and I cannot sleep one more night without having a nice mattress. And then our cable this morning just broke. The internet's working, but the cable box says it can't connect to the internet and the technicians can't figure it out. So I've spent all morning on the phone with customer service and just that's not a good way to start my day, especially when I want to have a high vibe Monday. But I've been implementing such a deep gratitude practice that I'm trying to still see the gratitude in all of this, right? I'm so grateful that I have access to all these amazing works of art through our cable plan. And I'm so grateful that I am going to have an amazing night's sleep when my mattress comes and that I have a mattress and I have a roof over my head and I have the time to be entertained and watch mindless Netflix. So I just needed to unpack that this morning. So Today I'm talking with Sarah Bivens, and if you haven't seen her Instagram live that she did on the Enlightened Hood page, I highly recommend you check that out. It's on being orgasmically you and how we can step into our divine feminine energy. So that's over on our Instagram TV channel, but we're talking about something so near and dear to my heart today as a new mom, and that's empowering your birth story because... I know for a lot of us that the women that we are now and where we are on our journeys now, we weren't that person when we gave birth. And I know, especially for me, I feel guilty that I wasn't more involved or felt more empowered, but Sarah gives some really good advice of how we can take ownership in that and still empower ourselves in the journey that we've been through as mothers. And while I want to be able to share with you everything I've been unpacking about my motherhood journey, I'm going to save that for its entirely own episode later in the season. But again, if you haven't checked out Sarah's Instagram live, I highly recommend you do that. And I hope you enjoy this conversation because she just gives some really beautiful nuggets of motherhood and how we can really just empower ourselves on this journey. So here's Sarah. Empowering your birth story. I guess, did you start your podcast to empower your own birth story? So yes, in a, in a simple answer, and I've actually never had anyone ask me that in that way. So I, I love that question. It, the idea really came from once we decided to go with home birth. And at that stage, we were about 18 weeks, so almost halfway through our pregnancy and made the, the switch from a hospital, a planned hospital birth with an OBGYN to a planned home birth with midwives. And once we made that decision with that just came you know, a new unique set of challenges in terms of the decisions we had before us, like planning the birth itself, who did we want there, who and how are we going to share this with family members? Because this was certainly an outlier type of decision as far as life choices in both of our families. So approaching that and I'm a big 
you know, journaler and documenter of, of life and our family experiences and things like that. So part of me really wanted to just remember the journey for our own kind of posterity. Mm. And, and then also, you know, the little bit of marketing minds that Matthew and I have and backgrounds, Matthew had a history in podcasting. So he had launched a number of podcasts, helped businesses launch podcasts and had his own. So he had all of the knowledge on how to do that. And I thought that would be a cool, fun, way to just sit down each week and talk about whatever was coming up for us, you know, to experience the pregnancy together in in another way, you know, sharing about it, whether it was fears, you know, plans, goofy moments, like all the things that come up. And that's what we did. We just sat down each week sitting in bed usually and put a recorder in between us and we thought, why don't we share this with other people? Because we also kind of felt like at the time, now being in the world of birth and seeing all the the options and communities and things. It's so amazing. But even just, I mean, Maya was born in 2016. So not even that long ago, we just kind of looked around and didn't, didn't really see anyone else that we felt like we could identify with who was doing home birth as well. And so what if we shared part of our journey and if it helped one person out, if it helped one mama, one family out in terms of being able to relate to the stuff that was going on, whatever, that would be pretty cool. So I would say it started with to, to really experience our pregnancy and birth planning experience fully in the sense of remembering it for ourselves. And then the back end of it was, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to share it with other people too. So that, that was some of the, the inspiration for it. And it was incredibly powerful for Matthew, my husband and myself to unpack a lot of those things together. It was almost like our little joint therapy, cathartic sharing, you know, exchange back and forth that we, you know, did from week 18 roughly to the week up until she was born to the week after she was born, we sat down and shared our birth story in full. So it was a a really beautiful way for us to stay connected as well and in sync as far as the experience. Wow. Do you ever go back and listen to any of those episodes? I will sometimes. Yeah. Just little clips here and there, particularly the birth story. I I've gone back and listened, uh, on her on her birthday the past two years and just every once in a while I'll check in or when I'm doing stuff, working on the podcast or, you know, admin type of things, I'll see an old episode and, you know, telling our family that we were going to do a home birth. And I'm like, Oh wow, that seems so long ago. And yet not. And, uh, it's, it's just fascinating to see where, where we've come from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so then after you gave birth and then you made the decision to start featuring other women in their birth stories. Mm -hmm. Yes. So once we launched the show the same week that Maya was born, which is fun and a nice way to kind of mark the occasion of both of those babies coming into the world, Mm -hmm. we, we shared our birth story about a week later. And from that, we got a lot of great response, you know, from other mamas, families, as well as birth workers, you know, from photographers to doulas to midwives who, you know, were thanking us and also, you know, sharing part of their story, you know, this happened to me or this and that. And it was just the most epic light bulb moment ever, you know, in almost like a duh kind of way, of course, why would we not share other people's stories? But again, that just kind of speaks to where we were at when we made our decision, we didn't realize there were all these pockets of communities sprinkled throughout the world, really. And so many people with a story to share. And so uh, one, one conversation 
you know, we had after, after sharing our birth story and from that it was, wow, okay, we need to share other people's. That's how this is going to continue, right? That's how this is going to live on and, and pay it forward is by sharing other people's stories. And since then, almost every single week we have shared a, a birth story. And then we've also had, you know, the honor and opportunity to share interviews with really incredible birth workers and just thought leaders and experts in, in other areas that are kind of around and orbiting the topic of birth and empowering birth. Wow. I think that's such a beautiful thing because one of the things I realized, and I know that a lot of other first time moms realize is that when you become pregnant, it just seems like every other woman wants to tell you her birth story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just a place to make it beautiful and to validate it I think is something that is very much needed because I think one of the main reasons we instantly want to tell someone else our birth story is to share the beauty of it and to try to um, almost as an initiation, welcome to motherhood. We all go through this. This is what I went through and I hope your journey is beautiful. And I mean, sometimes it does come off of, I didn't ask, you know, (laughs) but I I think there, there you're right. There is something to that, and just the fact that you're giving women that platform, I think, is so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, I think some of that comes from you know the wanting to share. One thing that's come up for me in the podcast is going back to kind of our primal what we used to do, living in our villages and gathering on the fire and just sharing our stories, sharing our birth stories, and more people were involved in our births, more people were involved in the process of raising our children, you know, in a, in a close knit way, we're a bit more scattered now. And so I think part of that is just what we kind of feel moved to do is share, right? Share our experiences. And then I think a lot of it comes from a place of wanting to help too, wanting Mm -hmm. to assist, wanting to provide, whether it's some perspective or something that you can hold on to, you know, preferably with a a positive affirming kind of place. Cause then people want to share some of their not so awesome stuff too. And I, I get that from the perspective of you want to be real. And what I think is really great about doing it at home. And those stories is even when we get into the gritty, yeah, not so fun stuff, it's still held with this space of love and empowerment is it's coming from the space of this is part of it. And, you know, you know, we, we create something out of that. It's not just sharing a bunch of horror stories or, or fear spreading or things like that. Cause that mm-hmm. doesn't serve, you know, when you're in that vulnerable space and planning for a birth and particularly as a first time mom. So I love that we have the realness and we have the empowerment and, you know, we, we provide the, the space for all of that to be shared. Yeah. I think the empowerment part is very important because I think when I, when I was pregnant, I felt more like I was getting the fear Mm -hmm. than the, you're doing an amazing thing. And no matter what, it's going to be one of the most special days of your life. And I think I got a lot more of, this is the terrible things that happened to me. So watch out. It might happen to you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's stuff. And what was great for me in our experience and planning when that stuff would come up for me and particularly around like planning a home birth, people who wanted to, you know, and most of them hadn't experienced a home birth or, or knew someone who had a home birth or anything like that, but they want to throw in, you know, well, this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. Then it gave me a great opportunity to check in with myself on the decisions I was making and be confirmed and stand firm in what I was choosing and understand that, 
they're coming from their perspective and I can appreciate that perspective and I don't have to cling to it. I don't have Mm -hmm. to take any of it. And, you know, it could be coming through concern for me, fear, genuine, just misguided information and, and cool. I can cultivate now my strength in my decision, as well as my compassion and my honoring everyone else in their right to have their thoughts. Yeah. I think it's beautiful that you said that and very important too, because especially as pregnant women with our hormones raging, yeah. we take everything so personally mm-hmm. that other people say. <laughs> yeah. And we want to be great moms from the beginning. You know, like when we look at that stick and we see whatever those lines are that indicate, you know, that news, mm-hmm. it's like from that moment on, it's like, how do I be the best mom possible? How yeah. do I do that? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about empowering your birth story because I think with someone like you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you had so much ownership over your birth story that I can imagine that felt empowering versus someone who kind of just let other people, doctors, OBs, whatever, take the reins. I think similar to me where now that we've been talking and I've been thinking about back on my own birth story that I wish I had been more involved. Mm. But so I guess my real question is how do we sit with the facts and be okay with the fact that maybe it didn't go exactly as it planned, as we planned. Maybe we weren't as involved as we would have liked to be, but it was, but we can still feel empowered from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, beautiful thing to unpack because there's so many different angles you can approach it from. And, and I love just starting off this conversation with the ability to empower your birth story, you know, after your birth story. And I believe, and I think it first starts with the belief that that's possible, right? And, and any time frame, whether your birth was a couple weeks ago, months, decades, even, I don't think there's any expiration or timestamp on when you can kind of revisit for yourself, heal, recontextualize, whatever, so that you can relate to your birth in an empowering way. And it's not saying that you have to, you know, you don't have to choose that. That's the beauty in it too. You have the choice to relate to anything in your life the way that you want to. And then, then, you know, if I'm in coaching mode, you know, if I'm working with a mama one-on-one or even when I'm holding space, listening to a story, it's like, what you're choosing then, what result is that creating in your life? So if you're choosing to relate to your birth in a disempowering way, and from that, things might be showing up like, you know, frustration, anxiety, depression in yourself, or some sort of dis-ease, discomfort in your physical body, how you're connecting with your partner, how you're parenting your children, then, then maybe let's look at it. You know, if, if you feel okay, if you feel resolute and, and the rest of your life is in accordance with how you want it to be, then that's fine. So it's just about looking at, do you even want to change the perspective you have on your birth first? Or do you need to kind of sit in what's going on with you? You know, like I think about when, when stuff comes up for me, sometimes I need to give myself that space to just let whatever needs to spin, spin before I'm ready to now step up to moving forward. Because if I, if all that stuff is still brewing for me, I may not be as effective at creating an empowering view on whatever that thing was. Like I need to hang out low for a little bit before I can go high Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, when things don't go to plan, which is super common in very common, I think to any degree and to even to small elements, it's probably present in 99% of births, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of one thing. And, and I can say, yes, I, I owned my birth process on the, on the, 
back end on the proactive side, I was very intentional and, and Matthew and I were very intentional and it was a beautiful, magical birth experience. And there are elements of it that when I look back or when I see video, and it might even be things I didn't remember experientially, but like, I'll see it on the video and I'm like, that's annoying. Or that irritates me. Why did that person say that? Or make that noise or do that thing? You know, so there's still, even if you're like, that was the most amazing birth and I am woman and I feel empowered, there could still be things that come up after that you have to look at, right. Or could make you feel some type of way that it didn't go the way to plan. So as far as, approaching your birth when things didn't go to way to, to plan. Uh, I, I think it takes using people around you. So it's certainly not done on your own. And I think that's one of the first things to that little hump to get over is you don't have to go through that process of accepting, healing, finding peace around. You don't have to do that by yourself. So utilizing your care providers, or if they were not the people who worked for you, then, then finding someone else, your, your partner, other women, other mamas, your mom, sister, cousins, aunties, those sorts of things. So utilizing people around you to, to support you in that process. And I think as well, one, one thing for me, it's kind of like, I've heard a lot of women talk about this on the podcast, that their births, their birth experiences, even the ones where a lot of it didn't go to plan, they can find a sense of acceptance and peace around, I didn't necessarily get the birth I wanted, but I got the birth I needed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that has to resonate with everyone, but I do think it's an interesting thing to just look at in the sense of what it brought up for you in terms of challenges or things to move through. What were those presenting for you? that you uniquely could get a lesson or experience or continued healing or understanding of yourself Mm -hmm. from that birth experience. And so I had thoughts on what my birth would look like in terms of how I would move around, what I would do, music I would be playing, things like that. And none of that happened. And yet I can, can look at it as a powerful experience that, that really did mirror and showed up in the way that was indicative of who I was at that time in my life and who I could grow into after. And then I see it in Maya as well. I see that our birth experience, I see elements of that in terms of, of her essence as a little human and, and her energy. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think looking at the lessons that you could got, get from it and what you still have opportunity to look at is helpful. And owning that th- there's stuff that, that wasn't great and that's okay. So I think it's, I think it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge thing, right? Like we've gone kind of all over the board here, but there's also giving yourself permission. So one of the things that comes up with women on the podcast, who say, you know, birth didn't go the way they wanted. And then the thing that's just supposed to make them feel better or not feel like a bad, ungrateful person that there were elements of their birth that they didn't like is that blanket thing of, well, you're okay. You're healthy and baby's healthy. What else do you want? Mm. Right. There's that thing that comes up a lot to kind of like assuage you that, you know, just be fine, like get over it. Everyone's okay. What do you, what do you mean? But there was a process, there was an experience, there was mental, emotional, metaphysical, you know, memory and muscle fibers that were at play when you had that experience that could have created a slew of things like anxiety or, or frustration or things like that. So to be like, no, that, that sucked you know, or whatever it is like that, that's okay. So just because mom and baby are okay at the end of the experience, doesn't mean that it gets the 
like the pass, it's not a pass or fail type of thing in your life experience. So that's, that's some of what comes up for me. I think one of the biggest things going back to my first point is just allowing yourself the possibility that no matter when your birth happened or what happened in it, that it is possible for you to move beyond that. I think just being in that space of possibility opens up a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially like you said, giving yourself that permission, Mm -hmm. because that's definitely the first step. And it's so funny. Well, I was thinking how you said that you imagined exactly what your birth was going to be like. And I think I was the complete opposite where I had no idea what it was going to be like. And I, I almost knew based on, again, all the fear stories that everyone told me that it wasn't ever going to go exactly to plan. So I was almost too scared to let myself imagine what it was going to look like knowing that it wasn't ever going to happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. What you said, that fear thing, one of the tools that I've used in my life as a great little barometer and check in for anything. But then I think it comes in really useful around our pregnancies, our births, our babies and how we raise them is, is what's happening right now. Is this conversation I'm having with this person? Is this feeling or thought that's coming up in my brain? Is it coming from fear or love? Mm-hmm. If I trace the root back of it, where, where is that? And, you know, fear or love have a lot of variations and a lot of different versions, but yet I, I feel like those are the kind of two main buckets you can link stuff back to. And so much of what we want to put around birth is fear, you know, rooted in fear. And that doesn't create anything. You know, fear doesn't create, fear doesn't heal, fear doesn't empower. And yet it is a hundred times faster to spread Mm -hmm. from my experience than love. So that's all that we are up against, so to speak, when it comes to putting ourselves in a powerful, loving place around how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about our birth, how we feel about us as mothers. So to just use that, you know, like, is this coming from fear or love? Okay, it's fear. All right, well, what can I do to create or open up the possibility of the inverse of whatever this thing is? Does that look like I don't talk to this person for the rest of my pregnancy or even a little bit of postpartum? Does it look like I don't listen to or watch this show or this thing or, or whatever that is to honor your space and honor your process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's completely important. I think what's even more important is that there's platforms like your podcast that are normalizing and validating these journeys because I think, I mean, you started your podcast in 2016 and I think since then, especially on Instagram, there's been so much, it's this weird dichotomy, right? Because there's the the raw motherhood stories that are gaining more power and more traction, but there's still this just fake, shallow picture of motherhood with these Instagram influencers and bouncing back after giving birth and really just this really shallow depiction of motherhood and what it means to give birth and empowering yourself as a woman and a mother and a female. So I think it it is hard sometimes to separate yourself from that. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's everywhere. We are in a very intoxicating time of, of the world, you know, in the sense that anywhere you go, there's, there's potential for that. And that's where I think the, the village comes in, in terms of if, if I, if it was all up to me, you know, every, every aspect of my life, 
I'd, I'd be in trouble. I'd be drowning, uh, even more so than the times that I think I kind of am drowning. So it, it, it takes that, that support outside of ourselves to look beyond ourselves and, uh, choose what aligns with you and, and what doesn't and, you know, set those, those social media detoxes or put your phone down or turn it off, put it in the other room, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love so much what you said earlier about not only are we going through these physical changes, but this whole metaphysical change and this whole almost spiritual awakening. And that one of the most powerful things that I've heard from so many different women is that just no one tells you the the spiritual awakening that you're going to go through being a mother mm. and becoming a mother and that you're almost birthing a new version of yourself when you give birth. And I think that talking about that. And that's one of the main reasons I created this platform is that I felt like when I was pregnant, no one was acknowledging that that change was going to happen and no one was willing to go that deep or to have that conversation with me. And I think that that we're recognizing the fact and we're celebrating and empowering that the new version of these mothers is important too. Oh, I love that you said that. And I love that you're doing what you're doing. And it's almost mind blowing in a way that, you know, think of the billions of humans in terms of mothers who have experienced this stage or or this part of life. And yet, you know, to your point of it not being talked about all that much. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I think that creates an energetic impact in terms of then how we treat motherhood, how societies and governments and cultures hold how we care for our women and children because of that long-term like pandemic of kind of silence and bottling up that experience. There is, there are residual effects to that. And I think that's some of what we're experiencing. And now with this resurgence or this kind of reawakening of addressing those things, there's going to be pushback to that. And there's going to be people kicking and screaming about that happening. And and that's okay. Like that's part of balance. That's the ebb and flow. Like that's, that's how life and nature work. Uh, and when you talked about this, this birth of a new version of yourself, I just did an interview for doing it at home the other day with a, a doula friend of mine who talked about, you know, for every birth, there is a death and for every death, there is a birth. Mm. and how, you know, that's come up in a lot of themes and a lot of stories I've heard that, you know, through birth with all the joy and oxytocin that comes with it, there was also a mourning. And, and I don't think there's a timestamp on that necessarily either. You know, it could pop up a year later, a few years later, this kind of mourning and shedding of what you once knew and understood or what you thought things would be. I've had to experience in myself over the past couple of years, a dying of sorts of beliefs and paradigms that I thought about myself as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. And so then to see, even though what's happening might is better and is the actual effective process or experience for me, it still isn't what I thought it was and what the program or the code that I ran for 20 plus years. So of course, there's going to be a little bit of a a jerky, bumpy transition into what the the thing is, even though it's serving me, I'm still hung up on whatever was, you know, in my brain 20 years ago, you know, or or any of us in, in that process. So yeah, that, that death, that, you know, that shedding, that rebirth and, and all of that, it's, it's a beast. (laughs) Yeah. And I love so much that you said that because I think too much 
we don't let ourselves mourn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing we're like, like we're, we're uncomfortable around grief mm-hmm. and mourning and death. And I, I understand. I mean, I'm still growing and learning in my own understanding of it for myself and, and holding that space for other people, but it's definitely one we're, we're shy of because it just seems so messy. It's like, Oh, I don't even want to touch that. Whether, you know, you feel like you'll say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, or you think someone just needs to get over it, you know, whatever that is. Uh, it's, that's a tricky one. It really is. And I think we forget to empower ourselves afterwards and find those things that empower us. And that yes, we're a mother, but we're also stepping into this new chapter of of womanhood mm-hmm. and empowering that. Yeah. Yeah. And embracing multi dimensions to yourself, multi aspects. I think um, a lot of women either place themselves in it or allow other people to place them just in this box of this one thing. And you're now just this one thing and you serve this one purpose and forget about the things you used to love or enjoy and forget about the, the things you want to do or the dreams you want to have because you don't come first anymore. And that's kind of the, the, the package that we're handing to a lot of women is, is, you know, wrapped up with all of those beliefs and thoughts. And part of what I'm so passionate about in my own life and in balance and motherhood, the podcast I host by myself and in the coaching I do with women is to flip that narrative and to create a new paradigm around women putting themselves first and, and even doing that work preconception, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm very grateful for a lot of the work I started doing before even having Maya that I was able to carry through and with me. And, and even a lot of it changed and evolved and upgraded. And even with some of the tools that I had, it, it's still felt like utter chaos. And, mm-hmm. and yet I'm, I'm grateful that I had some of that, that groundwork. Uh, and I understand that so many women don't. And then it's kind of like feeling like you have to put the pieces back together and it, it almost seems not worth it. It seems impossible, especially depending on how far out you are in postpartum, you know, or if, if you're an empty nester and now it's like, cool, who am I now? What do I even do with myself? What do, yeah. What's my purpose? What am I passionate about? Like just, you know, a lot of things go dormant. Yeah. So with your experience as a coach and just empowering the divine feminine energy that we all have, where do we even start to really reclaim our power? Ooh, I love that. I love that. One of the things, one of the questions that comes up for me to ask yourself is what do you want? And for me, I use that question because it's also kind of personal for me in the sense that that question up until a while ago in my life was the most daunting, scary, annoying question you could ask me because it it required me to answer that fully and authentically. It means I had to know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't have an answer for that. And I didn't want to get the answer to that. And once I started seeing the connections that to experience life the way that I say I want to, and that my kind of higher self knows is, is in alignment with me, then I'm going to have to start answering that question. And it's going to start with answering it internally for myself and being clear on that in, for me and for no one else but me. Because from that, from the, from the strength 
in my understanding of what it is I want and underneath what I want or what do you want? I feel like the subset questions of that and kind of tangents you can go on or what matters to me, what's really important to me, what do I value? What what do I feel like my purpose is? Those are the kind of things you you tinker around with. And then I, I realized that answering those questions then put me in that space of alignment to which then externally, i.e. everything else besides me, so my job, my relationship, my friends and family, my health could be influenced by the strength of the place that I'm coming from with the certainty of self. And so to answer your question, where do I think you start is it's with that internal understanding of who the heck are you? Who are you? And then once you start to unpack that, it's like what you understand better, love grows deeper with that. And so from that knowing, understanding, then that love starts to expand. And then that just influences and rewrites who it is that we are and how we show up and the things that we do from a very small micro level to a macro level. Yeah. And it just makes me think, I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before the podcast is just rewriting those motherhood stories that we've thought are true. And why did no one tell us that all of this was going to be so hard? But I think one of those motherhood stories that is so hard to let go of is just that the only thing that we're supposed to be is mothers. Yeah. And that's all we're supposed to want and all we're supposed to need. And it's selfish to want or need anything else. Yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. And the way I flip that when that either comes up for me, cause I'm not immune to it. <laughs> no one is, you know, that mom guilt or whatever it is that comes up. So I flip that for myself consistently. And when I'm offering an alternative, you know, way of looking at it for someone else that I'm speaking to is if I think about just cause and effect, right. And the impact that I have and by the things that I do, what that, what that creates, if I set this example of a martyr, what the heck kind of energy do you think my daughter is picking up from that? Mm -hmm. And what lessons is she getting from that? And why do you think we have that to begin with? Mm -hmm. That ancestral stuff is really intense (laughs) (laughs) and those chains are strong. And yet if you, it, it doesn't have to be on this big grand scale. It could be little by little, you know, I'm all about small sustainable change that builds on itself and that can actually last. So if, you know, just little by little changing those thought patterns, changing one part of the one thing that you do daily that starts putting you in the space of, of, of putting yourself first, of realizing you're a priority, of understanding that when you are filled up, when you are loved up, everyone else benefits. Everyone wins from that scenario. So how I flip that thing of, you know, uh, it's selfish to do things for myself, this and that and the other. I, I just go back to thinking about the example I'm setting for Maya, my daughter, in terms of being my fullest self, loving myself, doing the things that are important to me and understanding you're going to be okay. You know, right now, whatever this thing is that's going on or what, you know, what you think is, you know, you're in your tiny emotions, what's, what's working with you. You're going to be okay. I trust that because I have faith in you and in your process. And I also believe that we chose each other 
Mm-hmm. And so I believe that through her choosing me, there's going to be lessons that she's only going to get from me. And same with me, there's lessons I'm only going to get from her. And so she, I believe she knows what she signed up for, you know, so she's mm-hmm. not ever a victim to my choosing myself. She's a part of that experience. I have goosebumps that mm-hmm. you said that. I think that's so important that we remember that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. I think we forget that and our ego kind of overshadows that a lot of the time, remembering that our kids chose us for a reason. Yeah. And to own that. Yeah. And to own that. And I think through that process of of looking at her and how I show up for her, you know, then I'm able to look at things with my mother and then my grandmother and her mother and grandmother and I, I and to just just heal and come from a, a space of love and acceptance that we're all doing the best that we can with what we're equipped. And mm-hmm. you can only teach that which you know, and you can only show the example for that which you are, are practicing yourself. And for any of those times where I felt some type of way about how my mother showed up or anything like that, it's, it's, it's love and compassion and, mm-hmm. you know, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, it's important for us to just take it as lessons. and But it's also so hard to detach from the emotional aspect of it, especially when it is your own mother. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And that's where I think some of the tools like answering those, what your why is, what's important for you, what your values are. I feel like when you have those guiding you, then that can take you out of the emotionality piece a little bit, like just enough to see as objectively as possible what's, what's happening because our emotions are amazing things. Like mm-hmm. when they are, when we use them in a way that serves us, I mean, they're vital, our emotions. And I believe when unmanaged, when not conditioned in a certain way, just like you know, a muscle that we don't strengthen and then we go out and try to use it. It's not really going to do the things that we would like it to do. I think when we let our emotions kind of run about, run amok, then they're not, they're not really serving us. And then we feel like we can't trust them. And that's a really crappy place to be in when you feel like you can't trust your emotions, these, these powerful things that, you know, can serve you when, when they do. And then that lack of trust of self, I feel it contributes to a lot of the stuff that, that mom's, uh, swirl in, in terms of guilt and shame and judgment, I think is just lacking trusting themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we just, I think, especially in the social media age, it's just so easy to compare and shame and judge yeah. without really knowing anything more than just what you see on the very, very, very top layer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love what you said. It's just a beast. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) And, and I remind myself of that when, when things are going certain ways and as, as you grow in your level of understanding, I feel like, and as you upgrade and level up, you know, whatever you, however you want to put that, it's important to remember the growth that you have experienced and that you are currently at a place that you may have never imagined you would currently be at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as, we grow, so do our challenges. And I feel like they meet us exactly where and how we've summoned them to serve us 
where we are. And this thing that you're experiencing now, it could have, it might've taken you out a few years ago. So that's why, you know, like the universe in a way trusts you to deal with this thing now because of how you, how you've grown. And then there's, there's more stuff waiting for you. And so with that, you know, you don't have to be disheartened or discouraged instead, you know, just take, take solace, take peace in that. That's, that's the process of, of being a powerful woman is, is moving through that stuff. If you're not faced with the challenges and you don't get to practice the things that, you know, you're doing in day in and day out, when, when things are peachy, you know, how do you know you're growing? How do you know you're evolving? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to cultivate gratitude in those times. And I'm saying this for myself, <laughs> you know, this is all like <laughs> work back to myself. You know, it's important to cultivate gratitude in those, in those ebbs because they, they empower the, the flows. Oh, I love that you said that so much. I think that's so important that we forget that that the, the times of turmoil and chaos and when we're challenged and when there's tension, that is when we are growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the time to show up. Like that's the time to rub some dirt in it and dust yourself off and be like, ah, okay, I'm ready. Like kind of going into battle. Like this is what I've trained for. I'm ready for this. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would love to be a part of in terms of supporting women in that process, you know, to show up fully, like you've created this. So there's a great birth affirmation that comes up around the contractions about the pressure waves. And that's, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing it. I can't remember exactly how it is, but the contractions aren't stronger than me because they are me. Mm. So I think it's the same for our challenges. The things that are showing up are not greater than you because they are you. You have manifested them and created them. So enjoy your creation and enjoy how powerful you are that you've brought this thing up to now release it and move on to what's next. So I do my very hardest to remind myself of that when I'm like in an ugly cry session and it is just, it is messy. I'm thinking, (laughs) wow, kind of like when you vomit, you know, when you need to purge, you know, that's clearly something that's not agreeing with your system and you need to get that toxic stuff out. Mm -hmm. This thing that's coming up that just feels so painful and it feels so ugly and, and murky and dark. This was lodged in me somewhere and I need to get rid of it. This is my purging process and I'm grateful for it. So much, much better to be getting it out than who knows how much longer this thing could have stayed in me and what it could have created. I love that too. Mm -hmm. Gratitude always. Yeah. So I love to end this podcast with just words of wisdom for anyone out there who is just having a rough day or is having that ugly cry session and just needs those words of encouragement. So what are your wise words to end on? Ooh, wise words to end on. I think gratitude is so beautiful. I think that's a great segue, like where we came from, that whatever is going on, whatever that is, like you said, that mama in that dark place, drop whatever it is that's going on right this moment and three things three things minimum that you are grateful for that can completely shift your energy. And if, if you can extend that a little further, maybe beyond three things of gratitude, if you've started to answer those questions for yourself of who am I, what do I want? What matters to me? Putting that somewhere for yourself 
visually, putting it on your mirror, putting it on your phone, like as your background or a reminder, writing it, you know, writing these things and having something that you can go back to and look at. So I have a mission statement in my life. And whenever I'm going through a thing, I will pull that out and I will read it out loud to myself. And I can instantly feel an energy shift in terms of what was going on. It may not be gone and that's okay. It might have a, you know, a timeline. It might have its own gestational process and timeline on whatever that thing is, but I can shift my energy while in it. And I, I think having those, those markers, those things to hold that you can just grab and either read, listen to, say out loud, just that can completely shift in a moment. And deep breathing, I would say breath work is so, that's another thing that creates an instant impact in your physical body and therefore, you know, your mental space, your emotions, just 10 deep breaths, whatever that costs nothing. It takes very little time. You don't have to go anywhere special to do it just to stop and take 10 breaths. And so I do that constantly. And now Maya sees me do it. And so she started doing it, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's a very healthy habit to fall back on is intentional breathing. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Music